If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. Let me ask you a question. Do you know your brand's category? Specifically, how customers are positioning you in their mind? If not, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Before we jump into the show, I have a few quick announcements. First, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Second, applications are open for the Bunker Labs Breaking Bears and Entrepreneurship Workshop Series. Bunker Labs understands the challenges faced by Asian, Black, Latinx, and female business owners. And to better equip these historically underserved communities, we've created an eight-week workshop designed for early to growth stage businesses that provides access to business tools, resources, capital opportunities, mentorship, and a strong peer network. You can apply today and start breaking through your barriers to success at the link in the show notes. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What is going on, everyone? This is the one and only Iron Mike Stepman coming to you from Newark, New Jersey. And today we're going to be talking about something very near and dear to my heart as a brand strategist, and that's category. I just got back from an amazing trip with my lady to Jamaica, and I was completely off the grid, lounging on the beach, eating lobster and jerk chicken and just having an amazing time. And the reason I bring that up is because while I was on vacation, you know, a friend of mine asked me, you know, Mike, I would love for you to put your entrepreneurial hat on and, you know, let me know what opportunities you see. And my immediate response was, I think Jamaica is prime for a golden CPG incubator, short for consumer packaged goods. So, you know, they've got so many um, naturally sourced products, whether it's bananas, coconut and guava, that I think you could make a strong play on the CPG market um, from the category of Jamaica. Right. And you, we're going to do a bunch of different stuff that I'm going to explain. But just so you understand this conceptually, it's like when you're in Jamaica and you want a beer, you're going to probably drink a Red Stripe, right? Red Stripe is category king of Jamaican beer, which means they own at least 76% of market share, if not more, and all the other brands are competing for that bottom 24%. Like Jamaican beer is synonymous with Red Stripe because it owns that category. And the reason I brought up the CPG incubator is because as I look around me in this world where people are looking for more healthy, um, naturally sourced uh, products, right? Jamaica is such a beautiful island, right? The CPG movement is continuing to grow. And when I think of coconut water and when I think of, you know, even these um, nutrition bars and all this other stuff, why not um, have Jamaican products, right, in new categories that you create? Um, and then you incubate that talent, okay? 
this is important for a lot of you tuning in because most of you don't actually know your brand's category. And when we start talking about the art of category design, what it comes down to is framing, naming, and claiming your own marketing category. You have three options when it comes to showing up to the market from a category and positioning perspective. Number one, you can compete against an existing player, which I don't recommend. That's like trying to launch an email, uh, not email, but like a, a search platform and going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Google or saying, oh, you're going to launch a soda brand and trying to beat Coca-Cola, right? It's doable, but it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. And honestly, it's lambs to the slaughter. So I don't recommend competing, okay? Number two, you can modify slash niche down in an existing category with strong demand. At my agency, Ironbound Media, right, we did this with what we call dog whistle branding. So we knew veteran entrepreneurs were spending a lot of money on marketing and branding for limited ROI, but there's already money moving, right? There's money allocated towards these things. And what we did was we damned the demand that people were spending towards digital marketing and some of these other services to dog whistle branding. Okay, so I essentially niche down in an existing category. So brand strategy and podcast production for growth stage veteran-owned businesses. That's a really tight niche, okay? And then the third option you have is creating a new category altogether. And we've also kind of done this with dog whistle branding. Um, but I want you to think about this because uh, this is really where you create new market opportunities. Okay. I just, I have a client that is a soda brand. And one of the things I've been pressing on them, pressing upon them is we need to nail the category. All right. So going back to what I said before on number one, trying to compete. Okay. Coca-Cola is the category king of soda, right? There's a brand called Poppy, which I drink out of Whole Foods, right? They just raised $25 million at a hundred million dollar valuation for what they're calling probiotic soda, right? Now, it's a new healthy alternative to soda, but they're smart enough to know that, hey, we're not trying to show up to the market and compete against the players. We're introducing something new altogether, which we're calling probiotic soda, which is different from traditional soda because it has less caffeine, less sugar. It's healthier for you. So what you're doing is you're forcing buyers to make a choice. And honestly, like, if you don't know any better, you're like, oh, what is probiotic soda? You know, tell me the difference because that's really the, the key differentiation. Same thing with another brand. It's called uh, Olipop, right? $30 million raise at over $100 million valuation, and their category is sparkling tonic. So if you want sparkling tonic, you're going to go to Olipop. If you want probiotic soda, you're going to go to Poppy. If you want traditional soda, right, you'll probably get a Coke or one of their other brands, okay? This is the process of um, category creation. And that's where a lot of the large, again, market opportunities are for those of you out there that are trying to raise capital, right? One of the guests on the podcast, uh, Haley Marie McClanghill from Torch Warrior Wear, shout out to Haley. Haley just won a veteran Shark Tank for $50,000, right? $50,000 grant for her brand, 
um, which is uh, uh, athleisure. I don't want to call it athleisure wear because that's her own category in itself. But apparel for female warriors, particularly she sells bodysuits. And literally the night before, um, the night Haley found out she was doing Shark Tank, she called me um, and we talked about it. And then actually the night before she flew out for the pitch, right, we went over, you know, her, um, her pitch for the event. And one of the things I told Haley and I reinforced with her, you see most people frame their problem then the solution is the company, and then everybody tells you to go to market, and yada, yada, yada. But really, the solution to your perfect customer's problem is the category, okay? So, and when you're synonymous with that category, you're, they're going to come to you. So let's use Haley as an example, okay? What she identified was that um, female warriors don't have many options when it comes to the apparel that they wear. Um, when they're working out, in uniform, et cetera, right? But like military, it's just like small, medium, and large, right? And so sometimes that's not always the most comfortable. And a lot of women can struggle with, you know, finding the right sizing and stuff, especially as they start to have children and other things, right? The bodysuit is super flexible. Um, it's something that is not, I don't know if it's military approved um, yet. I don't believe so, which is why she started the company. But outside of, the uniform, a lot of females like to wear bodysuits. So Haley identified this problem that a lot of the uh, apparel that females have to wear in uniform is just not comfortable. It's not female folks, yada, yada, et cetera. Introducing, so that's the problem. The solution is warrior wear, apparel, fitness apparel for the modern female warrior, okay? Torch, her company, is the number one provider of warrior wear for female warriors and first responders. You see what I just did there? And so what you want to do is you want to frame the category as the solution to your perfect customer's uh, problem. But this is a non-obvious insight. This is not something that a lot of us understand or are taught when we're first learning about entrepreneurship. Most of us, we come with this great idea, right? And then we start trying to search you know, and find our way to like product market fit, which they teach at the incubators and accelerators. And what I'm asking you to do is throw that out. And I want you to get super intentional from the very beginning about the category that you're showing up to. Because going back to um, our prospect's mind, that's how they think. They think in categories. And so when you understand your category, then it makes it easier to nail your brand story to nail what's called your point of view, which is how you see the industry and drive demand for your products and services. And so early on, okay, when you're trying to play around with the category, the first thing that you want to do is, okay, where am I going to play? Am I playing in health and wellness? Am I playing in, you know, coconut water? Am I playing in beer? Right, let's use those examples. And then you look at that and say, okay, what opportunities do I have based off of what I'm bringing, the value that we're bringing as a company to serve customers in this category, okay? So again, I'm using another example of a veteran company that's working on this right now, Verb Labs, okay? So they make performance-enhancing products that help you uh, rest better, right? And also be energized during the day and they use CPD, CP, CPD, 
right? And one of the things I've been talking to them about is when you ask them what their category is, initially they would say health and wellness. But now they're starting to think about, wait a minute, okay, health and wellness is too, like, it's, it's, it's too crowded. That is an extremely crowded place. When what we really do is we're doing something a little different, right? They're playing with terms like uh, nootropics and all this other stuff um, that really gets to the crux of, like, what they do. Because health and wellness, right, like, you can get just purely lost in it versus, you know, hey, we're almost like a, a, an alternative to like a NyQuil and a DayQuil, you know, whereas you take like NyQuil because, you know, you've got, uh, and, and NyQuil is categorized as like cold and flu relief uh, something. I think that's their category, some along those lines, right? So when you're feeling sick and you need a good night's rest, you take NyQuil, right? This is a little different for them because people are not necessarily sick, but they're trying to get better sleep so they can perform on their field of play better, whether that's being an entrepreneur whether that is, um, you know, showing up to work, being a better husband, right? All those kind of things. And their perfect customers, honestly, are people that are not necessarily serving in the military or have a background in the military, but they aspire to be like those who did, right? They really look up to the military, right? These people working in corporate America uh, have uh, income to spend on human performance, like optimization, they're trying new different products. And so that's kind of who Verbs Labs is talking. But right now we've got to nail their category. Um, and we're looking again at the NyQuil and the DayQuil um, as a case study. But for, for you, right, like I said, whether you're doing a beer, coffee, all these different, just as an example, right, you have this idea, you know your field of play. And then you've got to say, okay, how am I different from the other opportunities out there? Like somebody says, I want to buy some coffee and I want to buy coffee from a veteran brand. You know, the category king of that is black rifle coffee and everyone else. I hate to say this to y'all out there, but you're more than likely playing second fiddle unless you have some other differentiation, which can be how the product is sourced. You know, maybe it's um, Jamaican coffee as an example for veteran brands for veterans or something. Um, but that's probably not even good to be honest. Right. And that's why like a lot of brands, you know, there, there's a stigma with us of like vets love coffee and beer. Yeah. Because we spend a lot of money on it, but at a certain point, yeah, you can grow, but your growth is going to be limited because there can only really be one black rifle coffee at that scale. And what you don't want to do is compete for that same customer base. You want to redirect that customer base into something new altogether. If you show up to the market and trying to be like another black rifle coffee, you're going to fail. Okay. But again, let's use that as an example, right? Coffee, you know, beer, et cetera. But maybe you say, you know what? I want to open a brewery, but I'm going to focus purely on being the number one brewery in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Right. And we had, uh, we had a, a brand on here earlier on the show. I can't remember their name, but let's use that as an example. They're not trying to be the best in the whole world. They're not trying to take over the continu continental United States. But let's say when they think of Newport News craft beer, right, that's the company that you want to go to. And being intentional about that from the very beginning because that's going to dictate how you're communicating your brand's value to the market, your aspirational identity. What are you speaking about? What events are you showing up to, right? If you're, not, if you're, if you're showing up to um, events that's not Newport News people, right, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. 
because that's not your tribe. That's not your differentiation. You want a clear differentiation from the competition out there. And the category is the easiest way um, to be able to do that and drive the most demand. But you've got you've to be intentional about it. It doesn't just magically happen. You know, I was talking with uh, Vic Hill, one of the Bunker Labs ambassadors out in L.A. He's got this great product called uh, My Ruck. And I was asking him, like, okay, what is the category for this product? And he's, you know, service benefits, yada, yada, yada. But there's already competitors out there in that space. And I was telling him again, we need to think about, hey, what is the category for this particular tech product? All right. And in, for those of you that are launching tech products, right, it's different from like your small business because a lot of times your company is going to be, you got to build your company around the product, all right? Let me use this example. So let's take MyRuck as an example, okay? I would frame it as a company as MyRuck, okay? We are a, you know, we got to come up with the category for how they streamline and automate uh, service benefits for people in the reserves and in the National Guard, right? You've got to do a little wordsmithing, come up with a name. Maybe it's the, I don't know, operating system or something along those lines for reservists, back-end technology. I don't know. you got to come up with a clever name that articulates that category, okay? And so then the company's MyRuck. You have the category, okay? And then that's what you drive, right? A lot of times we have companies where it's like, you know, we talked with Loco. We had the team from Loco on here, uh, the founder of Loco, an Army veteran, um, I think three episodes ago. And one of the things I was telling him afterwards is like, Loco creates this product called the Rainmaker, and we need a category for Rainmaker. And if that's the case, keep Loco, the, the actual company, behind the scenes, and let's just focus on Rainmaker. Brand the company as Rainmaker and make it synonymous with the category because when you're doing tech, you are focused on a single product, right? And, yeah, you're searching for product market fit, i.e. your perfect customers, but, again, you can dictate how you show up to the market by being very intentional, like from the very beginning. And again, this is another non-obvious insight. This is something I didn't know. I learned this process just through trial and error, reading, knowledge, and insights that I was like, oh, that's the aha. That's how you have to brand a tech product. That's why they call it product in general, is because you're building the entire company around the product, but first you have to make your company synonymous. Uh, You've gotta make your company synonymous with the product and a lot of times that means taking on the product's name and then you can scale up later like facebook is synonymous with social media it wasn't until like i don't know 10 years 15 years more than that really damn near 20 years later that they scaled themselves up to meta and now they run multiple products so like meta is the main company and they have whatsapp they have facebook they have instagram they have all these different things all with their own categories for each app there's a great book out there called Positioning by Al Ramadan. Not, sorry, not Al Ramadan. Al Reese and Jack Trout. And one of the things that they talk about is how when you think of what makes Procter & Gamble so good is that they have products that fit. Um, like their products are synonymous um, with their categories. Okay, so when you think of, oh, I need a laundry detergent, you go get Tide. Okay, when you need dish soap, you get Cascade, right? Um, That's how they've set that structure up. And we all have the ability to do that.
But the problem is sometimes like we haven't really organized it into a clear, articulate way because we haven't nailed our own categories. And so here's a question for you. And I want you to reach out to me and let's talk through this. Could do it on the newsletter. Maybe I come on a live or something. I schedule a class or just drop me a line on my on on LinkedIn. But what is your brand's category? How are you differentiated from the other options your perfect customer has out there? And then I want to know how you're articulating and educating consumers about this category. Because that, again, I come back to this over and over again, that's going to be your key differentiation. When people say, hey, what separates you from all these others out there? It's your category. Okay, what makes this category different from the other category, right? If I want digital marketing, it's crowded. But if I want digital marketing for small businesses in the Newark area, that's a little different. Hey, okay, so what are their capabilities versus, you know, somebody that's operating at the national level? These are all things that you need to be able to, to answer. And I just want you to go through this thinking exercise with me for your brand's category. And I want to I want to know what it is. Right. And I want to I want to help you nail it um, on this platform. Now, I've done a full breakdown of category design and positioning on my other podcast, Dog Whistle Branding. I have an episode uh, with Ariel Jackson called Positioning First, Marketing Session Second. If this is important to you. Right. And you you are committed to getting this right. Listening to that episode is mandatory. I'm telling you, it's one of the best episodes on positioning I've ever recorded. The next episode I recommend for you is a veteran's guide to category design, which are both on the Dog Whistle Branding podcast. Uh, but I realized that I hadn't covered category design as much as I would like on this platform. And so I want to nudge you into that now because it's super important. And again, there's some great resources out there too, um, beyond my show um, to get you thinking down the right path. The first one is uh, Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets by Christopher Lockhead, Al Ramadan, Kevin Haney, and Dave Peterson. That was the first book that introduced me to category design. Uh, Chris Lockhead, one of the authors, he runs an amazing podcast called um, Lockhead on Marketing, as well as Follow Your Different, and wrote a book on category design, mainly for small businesses, called Niche Down. Great guy, but check out Play Bigger. Like, if you don't that's like, in my mind, right, that's the number one book you got to check out to really understand what we're talking about here. Next, there's an old school book called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind by Al Reese and Jack Trout. And that was the precursor really to like play bigger, right? Category design and positioning are kind of synonymous with each other. But the main thing is like you have to understand how the customer is positioning your company in their mind. Because a lot of times we try to force stuff onto the market instead of asking ourselves, like, how are they positioning us? How are they talking about us? When they say, oh, you're like Uber, you know, or you're like an Airbnb, that's them positioning you based off their point of reference. And what we want to do is we want to get on the offensive and not allow them to position us. We need to position ourselves, right? Then the last book is obviously awesome, How to Nail Product Positioning So Customers Get It, Buy It, and Love It by April Dumford. And if you honestly, there's all three of those books are good. But if you read Obviously Awesome 
you probably have a really good understanding of, of what we're talking about on here. Um, because April Dunford goes over all three of those options I went over about compete, uh, modify an existing category, or create a new one. Um, and I think that's just a great resource all around. So you've got three amazing books right there. I've just given you two awesome references on the podcast. And honestly, what I can also do is I can send you a chapter from my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, on positioning and category design. I think that's the best chapter in the entire book. So much so that I, I pulled it um, into its own little PDF doc that I'm ha more than happy to send you as a great reference point. Um, I think this is something that's important. We need to pass around the bunker because I know when I was coming through, um, you know, the different programs from veterans and residents, um, even just being a volunteer, you know, city leader back in the day, they've changed that title to more so, you know, ambassadors, right? I always struggle with the go-to-market stuff, right? It's great. You're sitting in the room, you know, you've got your peers, you've got this amazing network, but at a certain point, you have to go drive revenue. You want to be able to do your venture full time. And there's just a lot of nuances around go-to-market that, like, I didn't know. And I had to learn a lot of this stuff, particularly what I'm talking about now, through trial and error. And so, like, when I launched Ironbound Media, the first thing I did was think about the category, right, from the very beginning. Um, and that's not something I did in the past. And so I want to empower you all with this ability. I want you to help us spread this kind of knowledge and insight to others in the community. If someone is having a branding issue, right, like I just saw him with someone yesterday, and uh, they just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're struggling with branding. And I was like, I think what you have is a positioning issue. You have a category issue because you, you're not really clear about how you're showing up to the market and you're not articulating. That's why you're not able to articulate it clearly, like through your brand story and through your perfect customer. So it's not, things aren't always black and white, right? When something's not working and listen, there might be some categories out there that are just untenable for you now where you are. And so we need to figure that out sooner rather than later. And that's also why when people start talking about their pivoting, what they really mean, they're either pivoting to new customers or they're pivoting into a, a, a new category. But before you can do any of that, you need to know your category. I hope this episode was helpful. Again, I've given you some great resources. I'll also drop these resources, links to these resources um, in the chat. If you want the chapter from my book, Black Better Entrepreneur, on uh, positioning first, uh, what is it, position yourself or be positioned, that's the name of the chapter, just shoot me a message on um, on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. And you obviously can always get the book, but I want to I force it on you. But I do want to encourage you to, at the least, um, check out that chapter. If there's a topic beyond that you want us to cover on this show, other topics, right, just in general, you know, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn. Again, I hope this content is super helpful for you all. I'm doing more teaching I'm getting out of my comfort zone doing these solo episodes, but I just want to make sure it's providing value to you, right? If you're listening to this show, I want you to win. And I'm committed to helping get you there through content, whatever that is. And so, um, again, thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Peace.